Hey, this is Joey Rumble. I'm the pastor of Summerbrook Church in Somerville, South Carolina, and this is our podcast. I hope the message you listen to today speaks to your heart and helps you connect with Jesus and grow in Him. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the message. All right, so let's dive in. Pull out your message notes, whether it's in the info guide or online and uh, in the Church Center app, and we're going to... Uh, Sing a, little, sing a little song here uh, today, and um, y'all going to join with me. Help me uh, sing this song. You ready? All right, so sing it with me. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, we are weak. But he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. Give yourself a hand. Yeah. All right. Awesome. John 3.16 shares, For God so loved the world. That he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So what we're going to do today to land this series of God Loves You is we're going to pay attention to a little bit of advice that uh, C.S. Lewis gave in his book, uh, mere Christianity when he uh, quoted uh, this. Um, so uh, C.S. Lewis said uh, oftentimes, uh, as he was quoting, uh, that we need to be reminded rather than instructed. Because a lot of times what happens, I've seen in our walk with the Lord, that we got a lot of content but not as much application as we need. And so there, content's important, and, and getting knowledge and wisdom is incredibly important. But also we need to take some time to remember what the Lord has spoken into our lives. So what I did is I reflected on the entire series and pulled out some areas that I felt like each one of us uh, needed to be reminded of uh, and so we're going to dig into the series and, and just look at some things. We're going to lean in a little bit more and remind us of the journey we've taken in some areas that I really believe that the Lord wants to put a, a spotlight on in our lives. So let's dive in. Uh, Hebrews ten nineteen shares, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his faith, through his flesh. So through this, we understood as we were do, uh, uh, understanding God loves you, that Jesus paved the way so that we can enter into the presence of God with no shame. That each one of us can approach God with confidence and, and not shame. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, meaning we need to run into the presence of God. We don't need to walk into it with a head down in shame. We need to go walking in knowing that we are dearly loved with confidence for what God has done. And it, because he, through his flesh, through what Christ did on the cross, he opened the way for us so we don't have to enter in with shame. 
Shame is how we see ourselves and how we feel about ourselves because of the things we have done or because of the things that have been done to us or what people have said about us. You're, you, may, you may feel you're not good enough or who do you think you are? Guilt is about what we've done. Shame is about who we are. Shame is a label we've allowed to stick. Shame is feeling like and saying to ourselves, I am a mistake. Guilt is I have sinned. I am in the wrong, God. See, guilt is, is a good thing to feel guilty about sinning, to uh, realize, man, I need to deal with this, and I need to come to the throne of grace. But shame is I'm a mistake, I'm a loser, I'll never measure up. God wants to remove that label from your life and, and understand, yes, we should feel guilty and convicted of sin and turn away from it, but God went to the cross for our shame. Brennan Manning shares, for his love is never, never, never based on our performance, never conditioned by our moods of elation or depression. Psalms 46.10 shares, stop striving and know that I'm God. I, I just feel like when I read that verse, stop striving and know that I'm God, that there needs to be this place in the Lord that we learn to stop striving, relax, to be still, and just trust that God is in control. See, the Christian life does not begin with what we do for God. It begins with what God has done for us. So I want to ask you this morning, are you striving or living from a place of rest in God, a place of trust, and then from this place of trust and rest in God, you bring it. From that place, you really start serving the Lord from this place of, uh, of rest and trust in the Lord. In Galatians 4, verse 6, passage says, And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That word there, Abba, Father, is an intimate language of an intimate, close relationship we have with the Lord that God desires for us to understand. And because by that, we're able to cry, Abba, Father. So I want to ask you a question here this morning. What is your distorted view of God? What is it? And because when we begin to understand God truly loves us, we're able to work on that distorted view of God. Matter of fact, in the foyer, we have a, a Daddy God sheet that I'd given out before that made available again of helping you deal with some of your uh, distorted views of God. See, because if you took all the, the, the love of all the best mothers, all the best fathers, all the most godly, reputable people in the history of humanity and combined that love all in one deal, it would pale in comparison to how much God loves you and I. That God's love is just so much more infinitely greater than that. And so a proper view of God is, and you can put your name in here, I am Joey Rumble, and I am my heavenly father's son. Three of the uh, daddy God distortions that I struggle with is uh, the, that God is a hammer God. Uh, when I step out of line ready to hit me with the hammer and squash me like a bug every time I step out of line. 
And that's not God's way. Now, yes, he doesn't uh, approve of rebellion. He doesn't approve approve of me doing my own thing. But he's not there to just destroy me. He's there to say, whoa, whoa, what are you thinking, son? Let's get back on track here. See, God loves me. God loves you. Uh, another distortion I had is, uh, I, uh, that I struggled with was to perform for me, God, where I had to perform for God's love and, and feel like I got to be good enough. Instead, God just loves me, and obedience flows from knowing I'm dearly loved by God. Or another distortion I had was the carrot dangling God. Maybe some of you struggle with this where, uh, you know, the carrot, you'd stick out, and you've seen it in front of the horse, and it keeps going, but right when they would get to it and be jerked up, that I, I saw God as, uh, that he would hold something out there to me. Here you go, Joey. Here you go. But right when I felt like I was going to reach it, toop, God snatches it. That's not the character of God. God's not a carrot dangling God. He's a God that loves you and wants to help you succeed in what he's called you to do. So in this series, I really want us to really break free of our distortions and, and, and of, of God and have an accurate view of God. If you want to grab a sheet as you leave today, they're there on the table. You know, I have this picture up in my uh, hallway uh, when I had did, uh, performed the wedding ceremony for my brother-in-law, Jonathan. And he had an outdoor wedding. And there's a picture with me and, and some of the, the guys that were in the wedding and, and Jonathan. And during this wedding, it was outdoor and it was windy. And I made a couple of mistakes in that when you have an outdoor wedding and it's windy and you have a handheld mic. And at this wedding, I had a handheld mic like I shifted to here this morning. But at the same time, I had a Bible and the sheets of the wedding ceremony not held down by anything and had planned to do the wedding and read some scriptures from my Bible. Yes, that takes three hands, not two. And so I, I, was, I, I remember stumbling over this. We, we got them married and no one remembers that except me. But every time I see that picture in my hallway, I still think back to the, how I didn't have these sheets of paper and the wind started blowing them around where it was, it was not a polished ceremony and I was frustrated and I still remember that mistake I made. And that's just a wedding and, 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 and they're married and praise God and all that. And, and I don't feel like I'm beating myself up about it, so we're okay on that one. I still need to let it go and move on. You know, it happened a long time ago. But, but how much, I wanted to ask you, are there, there some moments in your life where when you uh, made a mistake or you blew it, you're still beating yourself up about it? You, you, you're still struggling even to feel forgiven and to walk in that victory has for you. Guys, I want you to know that God's, the cross of Jesus is enough for your sins. The cross is enough. It's paid for. It's done. And so whatever uh, those memories you have or those uh, that, that bring back uh, those mistakes you've made, I want to encourage you. Let's realize that God loves us and he paid for it on the cross. In Galatians 2 verse 20 it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, 
but Christ who lives in me. And this life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in this life. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. As a Christian, from this verse, it's clear that I get to live differently. I now live by faith in the Son of God. That we get to live differently as Christ followers as we do baptism today. And we baptize three in the first service. We'll baptize three more in this service. Super pumped. Love baptism. But it, this is an opportunity uh, for people to go public with it. An inward change. It's an outward declaration of an inward change that's happened as they gave their hearts to Jesus and, and were saved. Matter of fact, the Romans 6 verse 3 says, Do you not know? That all of us who have been baptized in the Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too, what, may walk in newness of life. In Christ, God loves you. We're able to walk differently. We get to walk differently. Let me give you an, a, an area here. I brought this morning my little uh, nightstand that is beside the chair where I have devotions in the morning time with the Lord. And see, uh, Psalms uh, 34.8 shares, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see. In Ephesians 17 in 18, may God, the God may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you to. I love the sensory language here. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And then uh, Ephesians, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that, that the way you see taste. I just love the Bible gives sensory language. And so here's a, one of my coffee mugs I have uh, that I use for the coffee to, to wake up before I spend time with the Lord. And, and, and then this is the Bible I use and, and my uh, soap journal. I want to encourage you, uh, if you haven't learned soap journaling, this is a great opportunity for you to uh, jump in and soap journal. If you have a uh, your time with the Lord, man, it's working. You're rolling great. Keep rolling. But what I've learned with soap journaling is when I soap journal, I'm able to retain and pass on for people years later what God has spoken to me. What, that when I tasted and saw that the Lord is good, when my eyes were opened, these areas of time with the Lord, I'm now able to pass it on. And in my personal time with the Lord, it's helped me just rest in God even more and take it in and be a little bit slower with it. So I want to show you the acronym real quick. Uh, the S stands for scripture. The O stands for observation. The A stands for application. And the P stands for prayer. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you one I read. Uh, see, you're about to see why it's hard to, uh, you can see why the wedding was so challenging. Imagine now, loose papers, what would happen? That was windy. This is uh, 
This is one I just had recently. And I want to give you an example. Just uh, soap drilling. This was on uh, 11, uh, uh, November uh, 14th. So uh, Monday, uh, last Monday. All right, here's what stood out to me. And, and let me tell you what I was struggling with. Dude, when you answer your, you get a phone call. When I get a phone call from my kids or Jenny, and, and I see their name, before I even answer, I get nervous, and, and I'm afraid. I'm like, oh, I hope everything's okay. It's like clockwork. If I see their names, and they're calling me, oh, is everything okay? Is everything okay? And, and it's just this fear. I mean, it's just, boom, I just get gripped with fear. And instead of me thinking, oh, my wife's calling me. Oh, my kids are calling me. Cool. It's, oh, is everything okay? It's like this battle of anxiety immediately just by seeing their name. Well, it, the Lord knew I was struggling with it. Let me share what he shared with me. Psalms 112.7. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. My observation, not afraid. Trust is what the scripture is saying. So my application is, Joey, don't get gripped with fear of bad news. Trust the Lord. And then I prayed into it. I choose to trust you. I will not fear. And so this was a, a, a powerful uh, moment of God speaking specifically to one area of my life. And that's exactly what I thought about when I, that scripture uh, spoke to me. Now, that was a cool moment on November the 14th where I was spending time with the Lord. Now here, let me put this in perspective. Day after day, Day after day, year after year, sitting at the feet of Jesus, tasting and seeing he is good, and you continue to put God's word in you, what God could do. I mean, it begins to shape you and train you and develop you. Church, if you don't have an intimate time with the Lord, I want to encourage you to take time to do it. It doesn't have to be perfect, but I've learned this acronym SOAP, and I have a lot of entries where I've been able to just spend time with the Lord and his closeness. And uh, I want to encourage you to do the same thing. In landing today, uh, one of the weeks we had uh, Adam, who was here in the first service, uh, had him stand up. And uh, remember when we did, it was uh, September 18th, where we were talking about the prodigal son. And and, uh, I was uh, uh, over here. And then Adam was over here who was the prodigal son and he had blown millions of dollars of modern day money uh, that his father had given him his inheritance early. And uh, the prodigal son came to his senses and he, he, he comes back to God. It comes with the father in the story is representative of God. So when Adam came back, if y'all remember, if not, you can watch it on uh on September 18th, you can watch it on our YouTube channel. Um, he didn't have to do the walk of shame to come back to the Father. He had to come to his senses and, and get off the highway of denial and repent to come back. But he didn't have to take the walk of shame. When, God, when the, uh, the Father saw him, and he was looking for him, when the Father saw him, Scripture says that the Father ran to him and embraced him and wrapped his arms around him. And when we repent and get off the highway of denial, matter of fact, that word repentance in the Hebrew 
has the word, it means homecoming. When we repent and come back to God and get off the highway of denial, it's our homecoming. And isn't it cool that God runs to us? We don't have to walk, do the walk of shame. Why? Because Jesus took the walk of shame for us. As he was taking uh, the cross of Via Della Rosa and heading to uh, Golgotha to be crucified for the sins of all humanity, he took the walk of shame for us so we don't have to. Thank God for that. As we land this series, I want to encourage you. Our prayer is that you continue to understand more and more God loves me, therefore I obey. There's great freedom in that intimacy with the Lord. And I'm praying that we continue to take more and more steps with that as a church. You know, there's this Bohemian priest that uh, shares this story that the, the, this family's house was on fire and the mom and the dad and all the kids start tr- getting together and rushing out to the house. But one of the little, the youngest boy runs upstairs and, and, and they didn't, weren't aware of it and they, they get outside and try, amongst, amongst all the smoke and all and trying to get everyone. And, and then they see the little boy up in the window crying and the smoke and the fire, the house is burning. And the dad hollers up to the boy, Jump, son, jump. And the son shares, Dad, I can't see you. I can't see you. And the father speaks back to the son. He says, but son, I can see you. Jump. Church, God can see you. And he loves you. He's got good plans for you. Jump into God's arms. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We pray right now in Jesus' name that God, each one of us would understand more and more how much you love us and that through that, we would continue to experience ongoing breakthrough, ongoing closest with you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said together, Amen. What a great way to conclude this series with baptism. Watch the videos, and then we're going to baptize.